Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 248. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. And all you first-time listeners, we're so happy that you found us. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, how smart home automation is being used on a grander scale in hotels. How to avoid the sting of global roaming charges and Amazim's new plans try to make sense of the NBN. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Zeus Smart Car Charger. We're going to share our thoughts on the laser digital alarm clock with wireless charging and the Logitech Spotlight Presentation Controller. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so let's get cracking with Tech Guide. Well, we all know home automation is already a massive market. It's a huge category that is literally going to be worth billions, tens of billions of dollars just in Australia alone within a few short years. We're already enjoying the convenience, uh, the, the security and the savings that, that, that we can see from, from the efficiency that a smart home creates. Well, imagine that scenario on a much larger scale in a hotel. We did just that when we visited the Beverly Hills Hotel in Los Angeles earlier this year. But the whole concept of smart home automation being upscaled to a hotel-sized operation really offers a lot of benefits not only to the guests but also the hotels. So you think about it, hotels around the world using this technology, one includes the Star uh, in Australia here in Sydney. The other is, as I mentioned, the Beverly Hills Hotel in Los Angeles, which I visited in January, and I will be chatting about uh, that, uh, what, what is happening behind the scenes there. But this is a collaboration of a number of companies, Control 4 and Access, that's Access built with two Xs. They were the first tech manufacturers to see the benefits of these home automation and hotel systems that were easy to install without having to snake all these cables around and tear half of the hotel apart thanks to these new wireless standards that, that we've seen. So these companies have been working together for a little over 10 years and have also collaborated on some of the world's largest hotels, including the Aria Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Now, the Aria has more than 4,000 guest rooms, and seven, that's even seven years after it opened. It's still uh, one of the leading one of the leading hotels in this area, thanks to its smart technology choices. Uh, and, and having a hotel of that size, you can understand the convenience and the cost savings involved with that updated efficiency. 
Another another company called Hot Dash has also uh, developed all these systems so that they work together more harmoniously, and uh, has been really the top layer that brings that that when the rubber hits the road, the systems uh, monitoring other systems in the hotel, giving the hotel staff a way to see exactly how their hotel is running. So you can just imagine the scenario. Uh, in a hotel where there is a dashboard in front of them that allows them to see which rooms are occupied, which rooms are ready to be cleaned, which rooms are occupied but the guests are not in the room, and all these other little details at their fingertips. They can tell using these systems whether a light globe needs changing, whether the batteries in the remote control are running flat, so you can just imagine how much uh, how much more control that this the hotel gets, but also how much more control the guests receive as well. Now let's let's start off from the the check in process. Anyone who's ever checked into a hotel will know that when you you get your key, you wander up to your room, you find your room, you put the key in the door, you open the door, and it's dark. You try to find your way around. You're fighting to fight fighting to find the light switch, and when you finally do. It's it's not the best experience when you when you get there. It, it, it could be better. Well, with this new system, imagine this scenario: your room. Once you check in, your room is woken up. The blinds are drawn automatically. The lights are turned on. The temperatures at its at at, at the right uh, at the right setting. So not too hot, not too cold. And when you walk in the room, it's bright. It's it's inviting, and it just starts your hotel stay. Uh, are off on the right foot rather than bumbling around in the dark trying to find the light switch. So, but but these these benefits extend further into the the guests' experience because the number one complaint I learned in the hotel world is my room is too hot slash cold, and adjusting the temperature is something that a guest sometimes have to has to take in their own hands uh, in a regular hotel. But in this case, with the automation, the, the, the hotel can easily set that, change that setting. The guests can as well, whether there's an iPad to control it in the room, a wall plate. You can even access the controls to the room on the television of the room as well. So there, there's that scenario too. The, the cleaning staff, the housekeeping staff will know the rooms that are ready to be cleaned rather than having to knock on every door and ask if, if you're ready for housekeeping. So that creates efficiency. They save time and, and that ends up saving the hotel money. Now, on the electricity side, imagine the scenario where the room can know when you're not in the room. There are sensors in the room. Once you leave the room, it can put the room back to sleep. So it'll turn the lights down, turn the TV off, draw the blinds. And then the second you step back in the door, the room wakes up again. So in those periods when you're not there or when you're asleep, it's saving all this energy automatically. So there are sensors all around the place. So they know you're not in the room. So you're not going to need the TV on. You're not going to need the air conditioning blasting. You're not going to need the blinds drawn. And it does all these things automatically. And in the long run, when you're talking about a hotel the size of Aria with more than 4,000 rooms, you can just imagine the cost savings running into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the return on investment on a, on a, a setup like this uh, is, is pretty big. So you, you, do, you, you will get your money back 
pretty quickly. Now, we went to the Beverly Hills Hotel in LA, a very respected, prestigious hotel. And the system has been there to, in, to control the entire hotel. So the dashboard shows the information about the room, if it's booked, if the guests are in the room, if it needs cleaning, if it needs the minibar refreshed. And as I said, it can detect things as minor as whether a light globe needs changing. Now, in a large casino, a blown light bulb can make a massive difference for a superstitious player. So they see, oh, the blown light globe in my room, that's bad luck for me, so I'm not going to gamble. You'll be surprised at how superstitious gamblers in large casinos can be. So that, that, that's an added benefit there, especially for Las Vegas casinos as well. But the, the, the dashboard system works across the board from, from the check-in all the way to check-out and during the stay as well. And as I said, you can actually control from the television uh, the lighting, the temperature in the room, uh, and you can even call for housekeeping and all of these things at your fingertips. It, it's an added layer to make your hotel stay even more pleasant, but even a better chance for the hotel to make it them, them more efficient, to make your stay more pleasant, and also in the long run to save a lot of money thanks to that automation and the efficiency that that automation delivers. If you want to read more about that story, we've done an in-depth yarn about the Beverly Hills Hotel and that whole smart home automation system coming to the hotels. You can read that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, global roaming, that is one of the things that we often get stung with. And many people, people even listening to this very podcast can maybe vouch for that fact where they've used some data overseas or weren't aware they were using data overseas and have come home to a massive bill. It's uh, something that's been around for a long time, something that's affecting Australians. We love to travel and we do want to have our phones with us. We want to stay connected. We want to share stuff on social media. We want to use that data on the move. And a lot of people don't understand just how expensive global roaming can be. Uh, A survey by finder.com.au, they surveyed more than 2,000 people and revealed that more than 400,000 people had opened at least one unexpected bill. Uh, as as much as $278, which is more than five times their monthly plan. That's what you call bill shock. And it all happens because, not because we're calling people, not because we're messaging, but because of the data, mobile data. We want to stay connected. We want to use social media. We want to use our apps overseas. And we're running up these massive bills. And women, apparently, are the worst culprits. They spend, women accidentally overspend $317 on average compared to men who overspend $233 on average. So what are you to do short of leaving your phone at home if you want to avoid these ridiculous global roaming charges? Well, number one, before you leave, my advice would be to check with your telco. There are roaming packages that are available. Telstra, Optus have them. So you have this this amount of data that you pay for before you leave. So you might pay 75 bucks and you get 10 meg of data, which won't get you far, but that's kind of what you, the kind of prices you're paying. Or if you're on Vodafone, 
the worries are a lot less. I'm a Vodafone customer, and this is the reason why I became a Vodafone customer. I do travel a lot in my role as the tech guide editor, all the events I cover around the world. And having my phone, my phone number, the ability for radio stations and all these other people to call me and for me to call them and to use my data on the go, that just cost me $5 a day in more than 50 countries around the world. So if you are a Vodafone customer, this is available to you. If you want to become a Vodafone customer, that will also become useful as well. Uh, that, that's a terrific deal, 5 bucks a day. And whatever your plan entitles you to, your data, your calls, people can call you and you can it's just five dollars a day just just to note the other telcos if you're on a roaming pack you are allowed certain calls but if you once the pack runs out if someone calls you even if it's to say hi steve how's it going that's probably going to cost you five dollars just to answer the phone because people don't understand that when you're roaming overseas you pay if you receive the calls as well because you are being contacted on this foreign network so that's going to cost you money so check with your telco. There may be a plan there, roaming packs. You may be a Vodafone customer, five bucks a day. If not, we're going to talk about some more options. Number two, turn your data roaming off. So when you're in the, in your land at your destination, make sure that your data roaming on your device is turned off. If data roaming is on, all these background actions are going to start happening. Even if you're not looking actively on Facebook or updating Instagram, there is a possibility where your email may refresh itself. Apps being working in the background, apps being updated in the background. That's a lot of data you can chew through without you even knowing. So make sure data roaming is off if you don't want to if you don't want to incur these massive fees. Number three. Wi-Fi, ladies and gentlemen, is your best friend. You'll be surprised just how much free Wi-Fi is out there. You can access hotspots at hotels and airports, cafes, restaurants. You, you do need to be careful. Our Norton ad that you're going to hear in a moment will tell you why. But there is free opportunities to connect to the Internet. So do your stuff in the Wi-Fi hotspot. You need to make a Skype call or you need to update an app or you need to look up something on Google or whatever you need to do. You need to share something on Facebook. Check that you have free Wi-Fi. If you go to all these places, anywhere in the world has lots of free Wi-Fi. Uh, if you're in an Apple store, for example, they've got free high-speed Wi-Fi for everyone in the store. So that's worth checking out as well. I've, I've made FaceTime calls in the middle of Apple stores and uh, with, head, with earphones on so the whole store couldn't hear my call. But it was fast enough to support a FaceTime call in the middle of an Apple store. So something to keep in mind. Another thing. Don't stream your content on the move. We, we do like to watch stuff and listen to stuff while we're traveling. Maybe you want to hear something or watch something on the plane. You can't stream your content. If you've got a long train trip or a bus trip overseas, you want to watch something. Well, you know what? Download it when you're in your free Wi-Fi. Get it down. Download it in the hotel or in the cafe, the restaurant, Apple Store. You can do. You can with Netflix, Stan. All these services allow you. Even all the music services like Spotify, Apple Music. You can download the content so you can hear it offline. So you're not using data on the move. If you want to watch a few episodes of your favorite Netflix show, check to see if you can download that content within the app and watch it offline. So you're not actually using data on the move. And lastly, and I think probably one of the easiest solutions is buy a local SIM card. When you arrive at your destination, rather than having to stuff around with your own SIM card, you can just buy a local SIM card 
uh, which comes with very generous data plans most of the time. And you can use then if you can roam anywhere using that that local sim and use data, use you can go nuts. The downside is, of course, your own SIM card is not in your phone, so people trying to ring you aren't going to get through, which could be a blessing in disguise, so you're not going to be slugged by those roaming charges. But you may just need to give your family and friends this new number that you've got now with this local SIM card. So if they want to contact you, uh, they've got a number for for you to do that. So uh, they're the tips that I, I offer for you to cut down the global roaming costs, which are costing us millions of dollars a year. Those tips are going to help you avoid being stung by those fees. You want to read more about that story? It's at techguide.com.au. Well, Amazim has gone live with their new NBN plans. These were announced a couple of months ago, but I am reliably informed they are now available. So the Amazim plans start at $60 a month. That gives you 12 megabits per second download speed, 1 megabit per second upload speed, 70 bucks, you get 25 down, 5 megabits per second up, and at the top of the line, $90 a month gets you 100 megabits per second down and 40 megabits per second up. Now, Amazim's goal with these plans is to not only offer you value, but also to offer you simplicity. And the reason they're pushing that is because their research revealed that 55% of Australians admit they're confused by NBN options that are being offered by other retailers. So other telcos who are reselling the NBN uh, are baffled. They, they don't understand, what, well, how much speed do I need? What, what does download, what does upload mean? You've got to remember that when you uh, on the NBN and any network today, as a matter of fact, has a download speed and an upload speed. I'm an Optus broadband customer right here, and I have pretty solid download speeds, but my upload speeds would be barely one megabit per second. So if I'm trying to upload a file or talk on Skype with somebody or anything that involves data going out of my network, so uploading to the internet, it's slow. But download speeds are no problem. That's 100 megabits per second I've experienced at times. So download speeds are lightning. So with these, you, with these internet plans that from the NBN, you can choose, uh, obviously, the faster up and down, the more it costs. So at the start here, in, uh, the Amazing plan is 12 megabits per second download speeds and 1 megabit per second upload speeds. So if you're not doing much uploading, maybe that'll do. But if you're watching something like, say, 4K Netflix, for example, you've got a 4K TV, you've got Netflix hooked up, you want to watch 4K, then you're going to need this next plan, which is 25 megabits per second down and 5 megabits per second up. To have 4K, to watch and stream 4K, you do need a solid speed to get that signal into the house so it doesn't buffer and it's quite a big signal, a big file to stream. And at the top of the line, of course, 100 megabits per second and 40 megabits per second down. That's probably the Rolls Royce of the plans. So if you're if you're not needing to download a lot of content, uh, even if you're watching a lot of Netflix, you don't need 100 megabits per second. 25 will do you. 40 megabits per second up is great if you're uploading big files and sharing lots of data. Uh, that's something else to keep in mind as well. This is what Amazim is trying to educate the customers with. So as part of this research, 40% of people are saying they're overwhelmed at the prospect of having to switch. And more than half, that's 55.2%, said they're probably going to stick with their current provider because changing is too hard for them. 
So there's plenty of confusion around there. And 53.3% of customers are under the false impression that the major telcos, so your Telstra's and Optus's and all these other big companies, your IINets and Dodo's and all these people, all these companies, they're under the false impression that those major telcos have better, better access to NBN speeds. They're actually all selling the same thing. There may be some variations in speed here or there, depending on the equipment and the backhaul of all these various providers. But that is a myth that the Telstra can promise you consistently faster connections because they're Telstra. All these other companies are all playing with the same. They're all it's a level playing field. They're re, they're sell it, reselling you the same NBN just under a different name and being administered from a different point. So my advice is, and this amazing plan supports this, there's no lock-in contract. So you can try it for a month or two. If it doesn't meet your satisfaction, you're free to leave and try someone else uh, and vice versa. So uh, plenty of opportunities there for people who want to give this a go. The, the prices are fairly reasonable. But in light of all that research and the confusion out there, Amasim, I think, is, is on a good thing here, trying to quell that confusion, trying to give people, make sense of this for, for a lot of customers. And if a customer is 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 under, in understanding what's going on and is uh, that's likely to make them a happy customer, they're going to stick by uh, and, and, and stay a customer for a long, long time. If you want to check out those Amazing plans, we've listed them all and those research results at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. We did speak about using free Wi-Fi to avoid global roaming charges, but listen to this. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details to hackers and identity thieves? So what you need is Norton Wi-Fi privacy. This helps encrypt your information when you're online so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review this week is the Zeus Smart Car Charger. It's spelled Z-U-S in capital letters, so I'm assuming that's the short for that spells Zeus. Not Zeus as in the Zeus, the the uh, the god but zeus z-u-s that's the name of this great smart car charger an in-car device that i've got to say one of the most versatile in-car devices or devices in general uh if for, for that matter it is as its name suggests a charger so it fits into your 12 volt charging port so the old cigarette lighter port you know that place in your car and it can provide, it's got two USB ports, so you've got uh, fast charging for your smartphone or your tablet. Can charge up to twice as fast as a regular car charger. My built-in USB port in my car 
Uh, I won't name the brand, but it is a very, very slow charger. I'd be lucky to get 10% extra charge on my phone after an hour of driving. That's how slow it is. Well, that's no longer an issue if you've got the Zeus Smart Car Charger twice as fast. And, you know, the great thing about this is it's got reversible USB ports. How frustrating is it when you try to put a USB cable in and you've got it the wrong way around? It's a 50-50 shot, and often we get it wrong. Well, this the USB ports on the Zoo Smart Car Charger, uh, you, the, core, the cable's going to fit in there either way, no matter which way you put it in. So that saves a lot of time and frustration. The USBs also uh, are illuminated, so you can find them in the dark. A uh, very handy thing for you to have. Now, the first time you plug it into your car, you need to pair it to the app, to the Zeus app. So that can then give you all this amazing other information that the car charger can provide. Uh, the USB ports, as I said, illuminated, so they're very easy to find. But on top of charging, what else, what are, the other things you can do is it's got GPS built in. And like the charging doesn't even doesn't even scratch the surface of what it can do. It's got vehicle intelligence as well as GPS built into this thing. Now it's about eight centimeters long, fits into your twelve volt port, as I said. The the only gripe I had was that it's a it's at eight centimeters it's a little bit long. So there are some cars that may be an awkward fit, or it, you, my my voltage uh, my my little port in my car is hidden under a little console. So having this uh, in the in that port means I can't shut that front console in my car. But you know what, it is not a problem at all. Now being connected to your car's system, it can tell you your car's battery health. So you, it'll tell you, yeah, your battery's performing fine or your voltage is getting lower and lower. So you, it may help you avoid being stranded with a flat battery. You don't want that. And you don't want to have to be calling people and getting jump starts. Well, this can give you ahead of time a bit of a, a bit of a heads up to say, look, you know, your battery's not very, very healthy. You may need a new one. So rather than you finding out when it's too late, you can find out earlier, early enough to get a new battery so you're not going to get stranded. Now, what it's also got is GPS on board. It knows where your car is. This is really handy because one of the features is being able to locate your street parking spot. So once you've parked, it'll remember where you parked. A really handy feature if you're in an unfamiliar area. So you can easily find your parking spot again, either with a map or simply with an arrow pointing you in the right direction. And you can also share your parking spot with family and friends using the family sharing option as well. And it's handy too because there is a timer on board. So you can then say you're in a two-hour spot and you can set the timer through the app, through the Zeus app to say, well, in in an hour and 50 minutes, remind me that I need to either fill the meter or get the hell out of here. So that's going to help you avoid a, a fine as well. Now, the, the car locations not going to work very well if you're in an underground car park or multi-level shopping center car park. But in those other areas, street parking, it does work a treat. Now, that location data comes in really, really handy to log all of your trips as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I've kept a logbook, and it's a pain in the butt trying to keep a logbook. You've got to write, you got to look at the odometer and write down where the start of the odometer, where the, other, the end of the odometer, the distance you traveled, where you're going, from where to where, and who, what, what was the purpose, personal business, 
all of these things you've got to take note of, parking fees, tolls. Well, you know what? The Zeus Smart Car Charges app takes care of this for you. Every trip is logged. It'll give you the time you started, the time you arrived, the distance traveled, how long it took you, how much fuel you've spent, and even a map of your journey. But on top of that, you also get the option of adding the parking fees, adding the tolls, and selecting whether it was business or personal. You can even enter a note to say, yeah, this was a business meeting with such and such or whatever, or this was a private trip, whatever you want to do. It does give you that ability to have all that other information, and it's logged for you. No need to look at your speedometer and say, okay, I'm starting here, ended here, you've got to work out how many kilometers that is. This is so easy. If you've ever kept a logbook, you know what I'm talking about. This alone, this feature alone is worth the $69.95 that the Zoo Smart Car Charger is for. A bargain just for that feature alone. So these, these features add up to quite a smart device. It also works with some accessories that are, that are coming up. Uh, one that's due uh, for release later this year are the Smart Tire Safety Monitors. So these are tiny caps that you screw onto your tyre's valves and then it can monitor each tyre's pressure. So it can tell you if you've, uh, if you, you can save fuel if all your tyre's the right pressure and also prevent blowouts. It'll tell you if some tyres are overinflated or even underinflated so you can get everything right as well. One other accessory that works with a smart car charger is a little key fob called the iHear 3.0. And this basically allows you to locate your keys or your phone and even doubles up as a selfie camera shutter activator. So rather than having to reach around for the button to take a selfie, simply press the trigger on the iHear 3.0 and it'll take the photo for you. The Zeus Smart Car Charger at $69.95, available from Officeworks, Harvey Norman and David Jones. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The next product we're going to talk about is from our good friends at Laser. This is a new digital alarm clock. But nothing too retro about this, although a digital alarm clock does sound like a retro product. But this has got some pretty advanced features, including Bluetooth connectivity and the key wireless charging. It's spelled QI. Is it QI? QI wireless charging. So the top, a whole top portion, the top plate of this, uh, the top panel of the digital alarm clock from Laser is key enabled. So that's QI enabled. So recently released products like the Samsung Galaxy phones, just rest them on top and bingo, you're getting a charge. So without having to stuff around looking for cables, simply rest the phone, compatible phones, there are others out there, rest the phone on top of the alarm and you are getting a charge. Really handy, but there are also three USB ports at the front of the device, so you can connect your other stuff with cables. You might want to recharge a, a portable battery or your other devices, a tablet, whatever you need to do. There are three USB charge points on the front. There's also Bluetooth on board, so you can connect to the device using Bluetooth, so you can wirelessly stream music to play through the clock's built-in speaker. If you don't fancy Bluetooth, there is an auxiliary import, so you can use an audio cable to connect your device to the clock and hear your music that way. 
It's also compare with your phone. So you can also make and receive calls through the digital alarm clock even while the phone is connected and charging. The clock has pretty big numbers on the front display and has all the controls on the top panel as well. And the, it's got a quite a big LCD screen on the front that, that automatically dims to suit the lighting condition. So if it's uh, quite a dark room, it'll be a little bit brighter. If it's quite bright, it'll dim down. And you can choose 12 or 24-hour digital time to display. You can also uh, have uh, the outside temperature up there as well, uh, the, uh, the time your alarm's going to go off. It's also an FM radio. You can have dual alarms, actually. And it's got a nine-minute snooze button. So if you don't want to get up when the alarm rings, hit the snooze button, you get another nine nine minutes did i say nine hours snooze function i'm pretty sure i said nine minute snooze button if you want to go back to sleep hit the snooze nine more minutes the laser digital alarm clock it's available now it's priced at 98 dollars and exclusively available from harvey norman if you want to see our photos our story you can see that at techguide.com.au Our next product is from Logitech, and this is called the Spotlight. Now, this is a presentation controller. Anyone who's ever done a presentation knows it's uh, there's a bit of work involved. You've got to you got to actually write the presentation. You've got to set it up on PowerPoint or Keynote or however you want to do it. Yeah, or you want to use Google Slide or Prezi or just a PDF to, to go through the slides. And you need to control that somehow. If, you, uh, if you're if you not standing at your computer, if you do like to walk around a bit or you, your computer's at a distance where it's not being, uh, it's not within reach, you need a controller. And the Logitech Spotlight is just that. It can control your presentation, whether you're using all of those popular applications, PowerPoint, Keynote, PDF, Google Slide or Prezi and works with Mac and Windows computers, as well as connecting to tablets and smartphones, because some of us use uh, our tablets to present our presentations. And this device works with all of those. Now, the product has three main buttons on the front. The large central button is the button to advance your slides. That's the main button. So you've always got your finger on that button ready to move to the next slide. The smaller button below that, it lets you go backwards if you want to go back your slide. And the top button, though, and I think this is where it gets its name from, allows you to spotlight an area. So enlarge an area of the screen. So if you want to emphasize a part of the screen, rather than using an old-fashioned laser pointer, you simply aim this at the screen, hit that magnify button, and it will spotlight that area, magnify what you're talking about, so that the, your audience knows exactly where you want them to focus if you want to make a point about a particular area of a slide. Now, the, the back button, the, the lower button, can be customized to suit your presentation. So you can set it to blank the screen or you can create gesture-controlled uh, scrolling. You can also control the volume using the Logitech Spotlight as well. And if you're playing audio, if you, or if you've got a media file, video or audio file, you can also use the controller to hit play on that video. Often if you uh, if the controller won't let you hit the play button, so often you've got to walk to the computer and hit the space bar, whatever is going to trigger the, the playing of that media file. With the spotlight, you can stay exactly where you are and uh, hit the button from the spotlight controller. There is a range of 30 meters, so there's two ways you can connect. You can use the USB dongle that fits into the bottom of the spotlight presenter, 
or you can use Bluetooth. So either way, you've got a 30-metre range with the Logitech Spotlight. So if your computer's a fair way away, you do like to walk around the stage a little bit, uh, this is going to have you back with that range. I actually use the Logitech Spotlight. Shout out to uh, our friends at the Sydney Rotary Club. I spoke there a week ago about uh, the direction of uh, the future with uh, technology, and I answered a few questions. Also spoke about my background, my journalism background, moving from sports to tech journalism and all of that. And the whole time, I controlled the presentation with the Logitech Spotlight. There is a picture of me on the review with the Logitech Spotlight in my hand mid Mid-sentence, mid-presentation. So the device uh, comes with its own software for you to adjust the settings. So the, the, the software allows you to access things like a timer. Uh, it also allows you to set different alerts as well. So if you want, uh, if you, if you want to know exactly how long you've been speaking for, you can see a, a clock on the screen. Or if you want timing intervals so that you want to, say, spend two minutes per slide, you can set up that software so that you get a little vibration in the remote control every two minutes. So once you receive that vibration, you know it's time to move on. Or however you want to set that timer for yourself, it's available. But the only alert you get is a little subtle vibration through the Logitech Spotlight controller. Uh, it's charged with a USB-C port, which is behind the USB dongle where it's stored, where that's stored in the bottom of the receiver. Uh, so you do get a cord, a USB-C charging cable, and a full charge can large, last up to three months with the Logitech Spotlight. But if you just connect it for one minute, just one minute, 60 seconds, that'll give you enough juice for three hours of presenting time, which is pretty good. If Imagine you turn up your presentation, the, the spotlight's dead. You think, what am I going to do? Connect it for 60 seconds, and unless you're going to give a, a three-hour and one-minute presentation, you're okay. So one-minute charge connection, three hours of presenting time, which is a pretty good deal if you ask me. The Logitech Spotlight is available now. It's going to be uh, available in colors, slate, gold, and silver. The one I've got is the gold one. You can see that in the photos there. And it's priced at $199.95. If you are, if you do a lot of presentations, you're going to, uh, this, having this controller is sort of one less thing you've got to worry about. So you, you know, when you get this in your hand, you know you've got full control of your presentation. That gives you a bit more time to concentrate on what you need to do, that what you need, how you need to crush that presentation, do it the best you can. But having that control gives you that little bit of added confidence, in, in my opinion. That's what it did for me anyway when I made my speech last week at the Rotary Club. Uh, if you want to read our full review and check out the Logitech Spotlight for yourself, you can see that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices have you've got connected, you've got ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. 
The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're already paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide Help Desk is uh, a, a, an answer to one of our, our readers who emailed me uh, through info at techguide.com.au. And the question was that the modem in their home was in the bottom floor and they wanted to get a faster connection to their television. They were asking about a range extender. And yes, that is a a viable solution. As long as you place the range extender halfway between the modem and the area that you want to boost. No point putting the the range extender in the room that you want to boost the internet because it can't grab the signal from the modem very well in in that dead spot. It needs to be halfway between the dead spot and the modem for it to work effectively. But in uh, this reader's question was, it was to, in particular, to get better streaming to their televisions. And I thought of another solution, one that's often overlooked that could have suited this person in their situation, and that is a power line adapter. And power line adapters actually send data through your power cables in your home. So what you do is at one end, near the modem, you plug in one side of the power line adapter, At the other end, near the television, you plug in the other half of the power line adapter, and these talk to each other through your power line. So at the modem end, you plug your modem to the power line adapter in the wall. At the TV end, you plug a cable between the power line adapter in the wall near the TV to your television. So you've got virtually got a cable connection from the modem through the power line up to the TV using a power line adapter. So there's two halves to it, one end where the signal goes in, the other end where the signal comes out, and it's all being processed and sent, delivered at high speed along your existing power lines. A solution that's often overlooked, and in the past we've written about them on Tech Guide, and something that you should consider if, you do wanna, if you're in a similar situation where you want to get uh, better reception, better connection for your, maybe for your set-top box, your TV, that is a possibility, a power line adapter. And if you want to read more about those, we have written about them in the past on techguide.com.au. And that is a wrap for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, feel free to email us at info at techguide.com.au. Alternatively, you can download the app that I co-created, Voice Byte. That's voice with a B-Y-T-E on the end. You can simply put a hashtag AskSteven in the, in the text field. And you can then just record your question, 15-second recording time, broadcast, and I will get it. I'll just simply search for the Ask Stephen hashtag at my end, and your voice could be heard on the Tech Guide podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We want to give a special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also a shout-out to Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week for episode 249. But until then, stay safe and stay connected. 